This is Tether Talk, the podcast where every woman is seen, heard, and known, no matter her status. Here we heal through laughter and tears. Here we hope for better relationships. And here we hold on to truth so we can live and love peacefully. All right, part three, part three of cue and response. Um, Yeah, I was going to go back to back, but I had to take a quick break. Number one, to make this amazing concoction that I used while I was sick to assist my family who was struggling with some other new virus that they brought here. And you already know your girl is not. I'm not I'm not going through that. Like I said, no, not my house (laughs) in Jesus name. So I had to mix that up and then got a little bit of a cooking lesson from my mom, you know, taking some time to capture some recipes and just spend time and enjoy her company and appreciate her for the things that I think sometimes I might take for granted. You know, growing up, I wasn't that kid. I was not that little girl who was like in the kitchen with mom. I was definitely watching the news. I was outside or I was, you know, talking to my stuffed animals or something (laughs) pretending that I was speaking in front of thousands of people and singing and worshiping and things like that so you know as as I am here at the house with my parents and my girls are here I'm just trying to capture as many moments as I can you know what I mean so very very blessed for the opportunity to do that God is faithful I appreciate all of the moments that I have that I can turn into experiences. And this is just one of them. So I am back to record part three of Q and Response. If you are new here, my name is Naomi. I'm a Christ follower, communicator, coach, and your host here at Tether Talk. And I'm looking forward to this one. It seems like I'm only gonna get through like two or three questions at a time, you know? It is what it is. We talked about it last week, or not last week, last episode, a couple hours ago. And so I'm going to just stay in that vein, keep it moving, try to get one more done before I have to go pick up the girls. And then honestly, I'm just going to have to hit the rest of them after Christmas. So I look forward to it. If nothing else, Monday, you will start to see a few more of these episodes pop up to cover the rest of the questions that I receive. This is fun. This is so fun. I love it. Honestly, like, I don't know. This might be a thing. I might try to do this like every fourth week of the month. You know, have a little segment called Ask Nay or something like that. We shall see. If you like that, let your girl know and we'll get it on and popping. Okay, so glad that you're here. Stay with me if you're out and about. Be safe out there because I hear it's cray. Sit with me if you've got some time and be sure to sip on some truth. While you're here, you need more time with me. Book 30 minutes so we can focus on your horizon on your way to becoming. Let's get to the next question. Question number five. Here we go. Oh man, this segment, this segment right here is about to be, it's about to be interesting. Okay. We've been talking a lot about relationships, dating, right? The question that I received was very simple. 
How do you date well? Let me repeat. (laughs) The most vast question, the most like layered question, and yet one of the most necessary questions of our time. How do you date well? It's a struggle to answer this question because I didn't always date well. In fact, um, as I mentioned in the last episode, I struggled with this because just like sex, dating was not a topic of conversation in my spaces. Um, I grew up in purity culture. I grew up in, you know, the mid 80s or, you know, 90s and whatnot. I'm an 85 baby. So, you know, it was not that thing, especially in church. Like, most of what we talked about in youth group was like getting together and worshiping God. All of that was great. Amazing. And then you learned by way of experience, you know, I'm about to put myself on blast right now. But like, I learned about dating from my friends. I learned about dating by dating. And it wasn't until I got in trouble with something or someone that I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not supposed to do that. Right. So the the big picture with purity culture was just like, hey, amen, you're a guy, you're a girl, stay away from each other. And then eventually choose one of these people because they say they're a Christian, marry them, and then you can have sex. Crazy. Right. It was well-meaning. Let me say that. Like, (laughs) I think it was well-meaning. I think I don't think the intention. mm, Never mind. I'll take that back, because if you understand where purity culture came from, like who initiated that whole concept, or at least the culture of that, that biblical principle, the biblical principle is purity as unto the Lord, but it's not purity as unto the Lord without knowledge and understanding. Purity without knowledge, purity without understanding is in itself a culture, and that can only be regulated by the people who define what that culture is. And so unfortunately, when you're in more conservative environments where culture is based on power and the, you know, misappropriation of that power, it becomes something more than what it needs to be or it becomes something different than what it could be or what it should be. So by principle, purity is good. Purity is what God expects, not just physical purity spiritual emotional mental purity god in essence is pure he is right he is just he's truth he is goodness and so we strive he's perfect we strive to be like jesus in his in in his perfection which can only happen by the power and the strength of the holy spirit when people take the principle of scripture and they try to put parameters around what that looks like that are not necessarily in line with the totality of scripture or taking what the Bible is saying holistically from Genesis to Revelation and now come to the knowledge of truth, it can turn into something that is unbalanced. So purity culture, like I said, hey, guy, girl, sex, sex is only for marriage. Anything that you do there is wrong. If you do it, your worth is now changed. Your value is different. And you can be ostracized because you didn't hold to this legalistic expectation. And, you know, if you're choosing a partner, just make sure they're a Christian, preferably go to this church, believe this doctrine. 
and then you choose that person regardless if that person treats you well or not or has good boundaries or not or is healthy in and of themselves uh as long as they say they're a christian and they're a member and they tithe here like amen i know i am just reaching right now but i'm trying to cover all of the bases that could potentially cause people to look at the way christians put like respond to relationships and dating in a way that would deter them from actually accepting the principles of the scripture as a and you know chewing and and getting nourishment from the principles of scripture and spitting out the legalistic expectations of men that create a particular culture so hopefully that makes sense and my hope sorry or my heart's desire is that in answering this question responding (laughs) to this question it will it will speak more so to what i believe is most important when dating as opposed to just focusing on the how right so if you if we you know that particular definition of purity culture going back to principle you know if you don't have that you're gonna miss it and because the emphasis was so much on guy girl stay away from each other until you're ready to say i do it took away the beauty of learning about how human beings relate in general whether it's how I relate, and this is this is straight truth, even for, you know, same, uh, I don't want to say same sex because I'm not a proponent of that, but relationships with your, with your gender peers, right? So <laughs> that was a stretch. I hate that. I hate the fact that I can't even say, you know, but same sex has its own connotation or it has its own denotation and connotation. So relationships with peers within the same gender. So you know, we didn't even talk about that. That's tough. It's like, okay, yes, learn how to forgive, learn how to interact, you know, treat people well, be hospitable, show compassion, all these things. And and, and that's there, have integrity. But like, okay, when conflict arises, how do you handle that without just saying, well, you're just supposed to forgive? Well, I mean, are you not supposed to hold people accountable? To what extent do you hold that person accountable? Is it okay to walk away? These are all questions that should be talked about in the midst of the dating conversation. Because without this, you don't know what your own boundaries are. You will not know what your values are and who you want to show up as. So if you don't have these baselines and you go into a dating relationship or an engaging relationship with someone of the opposite sex, my goodness, physiologically, you're going to be wrapped up in all of the pheromones, dopamine that come along with meeting somebody and maybe having a he said, she said, I like them, they like me conversation and get caught up in that whirlwind of emotion. And if you don't have these these relational um, tools in your belt or relational tools that are secure within you, you can easily get caught up. And that is why we find young people who are just going behind their parents' backs and doing stuff they you know, really shouldn't. Uh, pick me. I was one of those people, those, those teenagers, you know, real talk, I, my whole truth, nothing but. Your girl would finish leading worship about to expose myself i don't even know if my family listens to this but like literally and i'm i'll be real like this is this is this is the 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 fallacy 
of lack of knowledge, right? And it's not, it's not will, this, uh, for me, it was naivete. For those who had the knowledge and did not teach it, it was willful ignorance. It was the perpetu perpetuating of willful ignorance. Oh, she'll figure it out or they will figure it out. My generation will figure it out as they go. As long as we just tell them not to look left or right, it's going to be just fine. But what that bred in us was naivete and or, um, you know, it didn't really give much room for any other choice but to either rebel or to stay the line, to toe the line to the extent that you're like, oh my gosh, if I ever do something wrong, I'm going to completely lose my identity, my worth, my value. And what am I going to do at that point? It starts a whole nother problem. But your girl was the one who at least twice would finish leading worship and go upstairs to my in my church growing up and make out with the drummer because we are attracted to each other you know 14 15 16 years old like what do you do with those feelings and emotions it's like oh i love the lord 100 but like i'm feeling my dude right now like what's good you know and did we was it more than that no but like it was the Oh my gosh. And so everything now that could be brought into the light is now being hidden and it's it's growing in the darkness and it could have gone one way. It could have gone another. Praise God, it did not. But at the end of the day, I walked away with what? Feelings of guilt, <laughs> feelings of like, oh my gosh, I'm about to be exposed or somebody's going to find out and all this as opposed to feeling like I could be in a situation where I could express my feelings about somebody and him, you know, mutually. So we could talk about that with safe people that were not just peers and be given the freedom to express how we felt or potentially even walk into something that could have probably been healthy. It could have been. But because that wasn't available to us and we didn't have that kind of conversation on a consistent basis or even allow us to have that conversation outside of our peer group i mean it was taboo you just don't talk about it so dating becomes more of an experience as opposed to a means to an end the end being marriage so let me talk about some ways that you can date well or how i would encourage you to date well number one know yourself <sighs> I'm not frustrated with you, sis. I'm not. I'm more frustrated with the fact that this is just not happening. This conversation doesn't happen. And it's not happening sooner rather than later. Like, I should not be 30-something years old just now putting into practice some of these concepts, these truths, right? <clears throat> know yourself. Know who you are. One thing that I've noticed in culture, I've noticed within my friend group, and I've noticed within myself, I've done this too, is the mistake that we make, especially as women, to date like other people. Let me, Blake, let me, you know, explain that. Um, when we see people, and even as I'm speaking right now, if there's something that I say that doesn't sit with your value system and you try to force yourself into something and it doesn't work out for you like don't don't get upset with me I'm just just being real 
Don't look at how other people date. I'm hoping that you will take my advice because it's going to spare you from trauma. Okay, so I do hope that you take my advice. But in the event that you, you know, watch a guru on YouTube or you listen to somebody or whatever, and they're telling you like, oh, I met my man this way. And they're just like, yeah, you know, I had this, 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 and this. And a lot of it is not leaning into your value system. Don't date like them. If they're like, oh, you know, we did this and it worked out. That's wonderful. Amen. But you need to know you because you are you. It might work for your friend to date a guy for 10 years. If that's not you, don't settle. Don't cuff yourself up to a man for a decade just because your friend did it and she finally got, you know, those five carrots and, you know, blinding everybody as she walks by, as she puts her hand on the steering wheel and the sun shines on it, causing accidents on the highway. Like, amen, boo, that's great. It took you 10 years to get that much. That's just me speaking. I'm not waiting for no man for 10 years. You don't have to do that. Or the friend who's like, oh my gosh, it was just like a fly-by-night kind of situation. We eloped in Vegas. If that's not your value system, don't do it. It's not you. Don't date like anyone else. What I will encourage is that you understand the principles of dating you understand the principles of dating based upon your belief system and whatever the case may be. I've talked about that ad nauseum in previous episodes about how to date well, how to determine relationships, how to identify red and yellow flags, all those things. You can sit down, learn what that is, determine for yourself like, yo, these top four things I'm going to hold to. These are my values when I'm dating. And anybody else who comes and says, yeah, okay, especially if they come and say that a principle that you hold, a value that you're clinging to is archaic or the value is like, oh, that's just, that's not going to work these days because men are different. Shut that all the way down. Like, no, you respond to that person. My man isn't. <laughs> They'd be like, you don't have a man. I know. But the man that I will be with will not see my values as archaic. They will not see my principles as something that is too hard to reach or too difficult to strive toward. Like they're not going to see that man's not going to see that my man, your man may not reach my value standard. And that's OK, which is why he's not my man and he's yours. Oh my gosh, are you saying that my values are low? I'm just saying my values are not your values. Therefore, you date how you date and let me date how I date. The only way that you can say that confidently is to know yourself and to be able to be clear about your values, clear about the principles that you're going to, you know, pillar in your life to build something upon and then walk out of out in that place with complete confidence. So number one, know yourself. Number two, know your values. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. If you compromise your values, you will compromise yourself. If you compromise your values, you will compromise your experience. If you compromise your values, you will compromise your future. It is so much bigger than just, okay, in this moment, I might. Here's another thing that I would say to be very wary of. It goes back to the whole don't date like anyone else, right? Some people, and this goes into a topic that can really be 
you know, I can dive into this a little bit more at a later time. When we talk about the principle of God's grace, right? Grace biblically defined is God's unmerited favor. It is it is his abundant life giving generosity in your life that you don't earn. You you don't earn it. <laughs> like the fact that you're breathing is God's grace, right? It's not something that you muster up by yourself. You waking up this morning, you breathing until 5.21 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and being able to have your faculties about you, right state of mind, ability of your limbs and the beating of your heart, the breathing of your lungs, that's not you, boo. That is the Holy Spirit. That is God's grace. That is the creator God, Elohim, saying, I have all power and authority and I will for this to be. That is grace, okay? Mercy is when God does not exact his judgment upon you because you just like because you deserve it, okay? That's mercy is God withholding judgment for something that you rightfully deserve to be judged about, judged on, receive a consequence for, or whatever. So as you are listening to dating stories, romantic encounters, um, engagement stories, marriage stories, all that, as you're listening to how people are talking about this in the dating scene, and you hear maybe one of your friends or you hear a distant friend or a friend of a friend or whoever, they happen to be a Christian too. I'm speaking you know, to Christians, because that's, that's, that's my worldview, right? They happen to be a Christian too. And they're like, yeah, you know, I was dating this guy and we slipped up, you know, we had moments, you know, in the first three months, like we both kind of like put aside our convictions and we gave into our passions, gave into our feelings. We literally, we shacked up, we had sex every other night, blah, 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 and everything. And then we finally came to a point where we were like, oh my gosh, this is not okay. Like, this is not good. Let's like turn it around. And we rededicated ourselves to a place of purity and abstinence. And we dated for another year. We courted for two years after that. And now we're married and it's amazing. And you're like, well, shoot, if she could have sex every night with her man and God didn't strike her down, it must be okay for me to do that too. No boo. No ma'am. No, my friend. Sis, stop. Know your values and don't compromise those because you've heard someone else's mercy story. If you compromise or if you go into this thing willfully and you're depending on someone else's, God's mercy towards someone else's life, the Lord is extending mercy to that person because of their own life. Like, like God, God knows what their end is from their beginning and you have no idea. You have absolutely no idea how the consequences of naturally breaking principle in that person's life is actually affecting them. They may be telling you the glass half full story. They may be telling you the rose by another name story. They may be telling you the grass is greener story, but I guarantee you that they suffered some sort of of, of consequence that that led them to pull on the mercy of God to get to that point of repentance, get to that point of writing their 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 moral or ethical or value wrong to get back on the on the right track with the Lord, the right track with themselves and then be on the right track with their partner. You don't want that heat. I'm telling you from somebody who has had the experience, 
I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I necessarily looked at anybody's life and was like, oh, okay, if they can, then I. But I will say that I was playing with some fire, especially after that first divorce that I did not expect. I was like, what the heck? I'm 25. I'm divorced. Like, how in the world? I got into these relationships not fully healed or whatever. And like I said in the last episode, I'm thinking like, yo, this is my time to like figure this out. Like, I still don't. But that was an excuse, truth be told, because I had people around me who could have, who did, I say could have, nope, <laughs> who did rally around me and were a support to me. But those layers of emotional breakdown, mental un- instability, and, and, and then spiritual confusion, or not confusion about who God was, but like my, my worth before the Lord because of the divorce that I never expected. It put me in a place where I started dating like the world. I did. There were some things I was like, oh no, absolutely not. But then you get caught up with this guy that you're talking to and he says a few of the nice, you know, the right words or whatever the case may be. And you're like, well, shoot, you know. I don't know what my future is going to hold. Like, I feel like damaged goods. I don't know what's really going to go down in my life. So it is what it is. But to compromise those values is to compromise you. And by making those decisions in dating for me, it set me up to be in a situation where my healing process was not was incomplete. And then I found somebody else. And then I covenanted with that person incomplete of that healing matched up with somebody else who was not healed and that lasted in another six years of turmoil and trauma and travail and I got to a point where I finally triumphed that experience but it could have been spared had I taken the time to number one know myself not try to date like anybody else And number two, know my values, not compromising those. Number three, you got to know your team. I'm, I'm, look, it's going to start sounding like repeat, but you got to have a team. You need a dating team. I will tell you the one thing that I will say that reality TV has right when it comes to I can't believe I'm saying it. When it comes to like these dating shows or whatever, even scripted or not, right? They're at least scripting a team. You know what I'm saying? They're at least scripting something. Whether that team is the narrative that they have for the show, like, okay, this is the goal. Too hot to handle. Ha ha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show up. Y'all gonna think you're about to be, you know, be here and act like animals for six weeks or four weeks or however long they do that thing. And they're like, yeah, we're about to go wild, go buck and everything. And here comes Lana the Cone. Yes, I've watched it. So amen. Lana the Cone. Relationships are my thing. Lana the Cone shows up and is like, uh, here we go. This is what we're about to do for the next however long. That's your team. That's captain right there. Lana is not playing no games. Okay? You got love is blind. You got a narrative that says, hey, you don't get to see this person. This is these are the parameters. This is what's going to happen right here. You meet this person, amen, boom, boom, boom. You're eventually engaged to that person. You set it up. I'm not gonna say that I agree with all that, because you know, they start going into shacking and all that stuff and living together. I say no to that. I'm just saying they got a team with a narrative. Married at first sight. They got a whole quote unquote professional team, right? Expert team. I'm not coming at their expertise. I'm just saying they got that, right? And they set that whole thing up. 
the same way. Like, can we, can we like one up reality TV here and know your team? If you have an inner circle of friends that you know, know you back and front, like boom, like OGs, amen. If you got, if you got OGs, hold on to them. You know what I'm saying? If you got people that, you know, just, you just met in the last couple of years and you're like, yo, this is, that's somebody I could see as, in my, as a part of my life. Who's going to speak truth and life into me. Amen. Go for that. Ask them to be a part of your dating team. Don't do relationships alone. Dating is not just going out or it's not, it's not just experiences. It's about connecting and it's about aligning your life. You need help. To stay true to who you are. God created us with relationship in mind. His primary relationship is the one that you have with him. Secondarily and also very important is the relationship that you have with others. You cannot do that well if you don't know yourself. Primarily by understanding that you are a reflection of God. You are made in his image. You want to scratch that? That's on you. At least find out who you are, right? At least come stand on something. Figure it out. Stand on something. Get those values in order and then show up to a, a group of people, whoever. Identify those safe people. Sit with them and be like, yo, I need you to be on my dating team. Real talk. So I'm dating right now. I meet a guy that I think is is meeting these you know, these expectations, no red flags, got some yellows here and there, but it is what it is, mostly green, you know, and he's not stepping on my values. I'm not compromising myself. I feel good about myself. I'm in the same place, like all is well here. I just wanted to show you who these, who these, who this man, this man is, or these men are because dating, you know, you could or could not be exclusive, whatever it is. I would say not to talk to more than like three guys at a time. That's a lot to juggle and it's a lot to get, you know, you can get confused. You can miss things if you're not really paying attention to who you're interacting with. Figure that stuff out. Sit down, give the stats to your girls, give the stats to your team and be like, yo, here's option A, option B, option C, boom, boom, boom. And then, you know, through that, they might be like, yo, C, C and B are just, ah, mm -mm. but A, you know, and give him a little bit more time say yes to a few more of his dating invitations you know what i'm saying he wants to take you out a little bit more yeah lean on that one the other two uh, maybe maybe not you're like oh but he's so fine i mean if you just want to be walking around with a fine guy then i mean that's okay but like don't waste his time don't wait you don't waste your time you know what i'm saying like there'll be another fine guy <laughs> whatever but you got to have a team they know you they want you to be happy. They're going to help you. You got to figure it out. Um, and then the last thing I would say is to listen to Where's My Boaz episode that I recorded a couple weeks ago. Like, got mad tips on that. You know, that's a little bit more if you want some more details on how, you know, you can use biblical principles to prepare to meet that person. Don't sit around and just wait for, you know, men to come your way. They will come, but don't wait for the one to come your way you have to be intentional take the time you want to learn how to date well you want to do this thing right know yourself know your values know your team and keep educating yourself to keep growing in knowledge okay so that's my answer or response <laughs> to how to date well again listen to my where's my boaz episode 
And um, if you have any more questions that relate to that, by all means, hit your girl up. Number six, number six, number six. Oh, this one, this one touched my heart too. Ooh, y'all, come on. This is so good. All right, number six. <sighs> this one's hard, but it's good. It's so good. And to the woman who sent this, I just want to say, this is like beyond brave. This is, this is, this is that person who is willing to ask the question about a way of life that majority of women in her position are already living. I gotta say it. I've got to say it because I kid you not, this is what landed me in relationships that were not going to work. They just weren't. <laughs> My memory lane right now is just on on high alert because I feel like I'm I'm like this is like a mirror into my past like what all right hey Naomi I came across your podcast the last half of the year and I'm so grateful I did thank you friend I appreciate that two of my sisters and I have met guys who just started taking their relationship with Christ seriously okay my question is is it dangerous She used dangerous. Okay, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. My question, is this a dangerous thing to do? I've been told to let the man be so that he can love Jesus, which I decided to do, trusting that God will perfect his will for my marriage. And yet I was so miserable for weeks. Could you please address this? Should we be looking for a seasoned man or does the Bible give us permission to court while he is growing in Christ? I hope you felt the weight of that question, the heaviness of that question. Two of my sisters and I have met guys who are starting to take their relationship with Christ seriously. Is this a dangerous thing to do? I've been told to let the man be so that he can love Jesus, which I decided to do, trusting that God will perfect his will for my marriage. And yet I was so miserable for weeks. Could you please address this? Should we, main question, should we be looking for a seasoned man or does the Bible give us permission to court while he is still growing in Christ? Thank you. Look 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 i guess i should say listen 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 grateful for this question grateful for your transparency grateful for your um <clears throat> vulnerability grateful for your directed like like <laughs> how direct you were about what you are feeling you want to do i'm grateful for your candor i am grateful for the fact that you are not holding back the fact that this is hard stuff this is a challenge okay so 
like I said before, you're asking a question that is literally putting on blast the way that a lot of women in your season, in my season, are actually living. Believe it or not, uh, believe it or not, a lot of women and or men are dating Christian men and Christian women, respectively, are dating counterparts who are not equal to or stronger than they are in their faith with the Lord Jesus Christ. Is this a dangerous thing to do? The word dangerous is very, 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 very good because I do believe my opinion is that it is a dangerous thing to do if your desire to be with this person is greater than your desire to see that person grow closer to Christ. <clears throat> That's the danger that I see in it, which is grave in my opinion, because that means at that point you're literally putting something that is temporal in a higher position. You're making it preeminent over that which is eternal. That man's relationship with God is more important than his relationship with you. So to confuse that reality is to put yourself in a dangerous place. And that mindset is dangerous because what you do after that is going to set you up for the failure that is expected should you continue with this path. I'm going to explain why. Before doing that, though, I want to say that I'm very grateful that you decided to heed the accountability of the people that are in your life to tell you to let him be so that he can fall in love with Jesus. The fact that you, per what you wrote, you decided to do that. And the reason you did that is because you're trusting God will perfect his will, God's will for your marriage. Girl, that gem is shining on you, okay? The fact that you are releasing this man or that you decided to heed the advice of counsel to release this man and you did so because you're trusting God to perfect his will for you. That's amazing. That's where you can put yourself above the situation. It's dangerous to put you above God, but it's not dangerous. It's actually wisdom to put you above the situation. I hope that makes sense. So in this question that you've asked with this narrative that you've given me, it should go you're talking about Jesus, so I'm speaking to you as a sister, right? I'm speaking to you as one who is yielded to the voice of God in your life, right? Number one, this man's relationship with Jesus is more important than his relationship with you. Number two, your desire to trust God is more important than your relationship with this man. Make sense? And I get it. You were miserable for weeks. I'm not sure if this man was your first love or the you know first guy that you felt this type of connection to. Anytime you make an emotional connection with somebody, with a man, it's going to take some time to heal. It's going to take some time to separate yourself from that person, especially, I got to be real, especially if there was no ill will in the relationship, right? If there was no like compromise in the relationship, no evil intent in the relationship, you were going, things were going relatively well. I mean, it was a good relationship for all intents and purposes. Like there was no, nothing that readily would stand out to say like, uh, caution or danger, danger. But the mere fact that 
you even took the time to address this reality, to address this as- this aspect of his relationship with God, I think it says a lot about you. It says a lot about your desire to be in something that is built on a very sure foundation. It says a lot about your strength and your trust. It says a lot about your faith. Let me just say that. Like you, you like for real saved. <laughs> you are for real saved because your willingness to put aside your, your happiness for the sake of doing something well that would set you up for a better future speaks to your faith in God. So I com- I commend and I-, I validate and I affirm your faith in the Lord. I affirm your trust in God. I affirm your trust in God's will for your life and for your marriage, like you said. I also validate the fact that that could have been a sacrifice, right? That That was a sacrifice. You sacrificing this horizontal human relationship that could have become something amazing if you chose to stick with it right those are probably thoughts that you had but you were willing to sacrifice it and the consequence of that sacrifice or the result of that was you feeling miserable for weeks and that makes sense i don't take that lightly i don't minimize that at all but to know that you fought for the trust in the lord you fought for ensuring that the path that you're taking is going to be fulfilled with abundance and is going to be according to God's will for not only your life, but the life of this man. I bless you. 100. I bless you for that. So in addressing the question that you're asking, should you be looking for a seasoned man or does the Bible give you permission to court while he's growing in Christ? Okay. So I did this who, what, when, where, why situation, right? Because I think I think that's the best way I can break it down. So who, who is it that you are seeking? If the man that you're seeking doesn't have a relationship with Christ that is at least where yours is and has the same understanding about the disciplines of the faith and those things for him are intact. I, I, I would, I would say no. Because the Bible calls for that, right? It does call for you being equally yoked with somebody. Is the man in question an unbeliever? By your admission, he's not. He is a new believer, and being a new believer doesn't disqualify him at all because I know the response to be like, well, at least he's a Christian. Absolutely. Praise God. That's just step one though. Cause you and I both know that when you came to Christ, there were things that were brand new to you that you had to learn. You had to be discipled in. you had to grow in your, in your ability to trust the Lord. Like you, the mere fact that you, <laughs> that you did this, you let him go again speaks to the maturity of your faith if he could not do that for you you are unequally yoked and i guarantee i'm 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 assuming here but for you to be miserable for weeks again it speaks to the relationship and that there was nothing wrong with the relationship he probably really cared about you probably still cares about you 
y'all have probably had conversations about like yeah why is this the like the defining deciding factor why is this the thing that's causing us to go our separate ways that's real life conversation right there but if you in your heart are like yo i know that he's not he's not there yet and he couldn't lead me he couldn't really pray me through circumstances he couldn't necessarily you know hear from the lord in a way that i might need my 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 future spouse to hear from god or you know we are in a situation where it it's it doesn't it doesn't seem like i can lean on him like i might be leaning more on my friends than i would my husband because he's not he doesn't understand the tenets of the faith he doesn't understand what it means to be led of the holy spirit he doesn't understand what it means to be faithful in reading the word of God and praying consistently or going to church. The Bible says, don't forsake the fellowship of the brethren. Don't forsake meeting together. He doesn't do that often. Like, are you willing to subject, subject is the wrong word, but are you willing to align yourself with somebody who doesn't understand those tenets, doesn't understand the basics of the disciplines of your faith? If he's not there yet, you are literally putting yourself in the hands of a novice. And I'm going to I'm going to refer to a particular text in scripture that refers to new believers. The Bible says, "Don't put a new believer in a leadership position. Don't give them authority in the church or in any particular capacity as a new believer in the capacity of teaching, in the capacity of leading because they're still new." And why does the Bible say that? It continues by saying, if you do that, that person's pride may be puffed up and it might lead them astray. Oh, I'm a Christian now. And then people are like, oh, he's so charismatic or she's so amazing and blah, blah, blah. Oh, we would love them. Or maybe it was somebody who was in the world and very successful. I'm, I'm stepping on toes today. I sure will. Somebody who was successful and all of a sudden they come to Christ. Amen. We love that. That's amazing. But just because they have a massive platform and they're now a Christian doesn't mean that they should be the guest preacher at your church the next week. I almost said the devil is a liar. No. <laughs> no, that's not it. Because in Christ, everybody needs to sit at the feet of Jesus. In Christ, there is no Jew, no Scythian, no 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 Greek, no uh, slave, no free, no male, no female. When you come to Christ, you come on level ground. It doesn't matter what your experience is in the world. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You come to Jesus, you come in low. You come to Jesus, you come in step one understanding who he is sitting at his feet sitting with the other disciples of the of the lord learning who god is learning the word of god understanding how god operates understanding his voice learning how to yield to his voice that's what you do as a new believer you don't immediately become a christian and then automatically start serving now granted there's some things that don't require you know you to be at the top of your christian game or like super mature to do like if you are naturally a compassionate person i'm not going to ask you to sit for six months before you you know treat somebody fairly like no like hey amen do your thing when it comes specifically to teaching or coming to having any type of stewardship over a person right whether that's teaching like in the church bible study you know small group pastoring or whatever where where you are coming as a as a representation of authority according to james chapter 3 now i'm not talking about having power over 
but understanding the word in a, in a way that God has given you the ability to communicate his word in a loving and truthful way that brings forth maturation in other believers. Amen. You can do that, but that takes time. And that is the one place where the Lord is like, don't put a new believer there. The other place where teaching occurs or stewardship or taking care of people occurs is in marriage. It's in relationship. So if this man, I'm not saying that he has to be able to lead a church or he has to be able to teach people. But if this man cannot sit in a room and be able to explain what he believes, what and that's going into my next one, what he believes about God, what he believes about covenant, what he uh, believes about marriage and what he believes about his readiness. If he cannot communicate those things in addition to walking in the tenets and the disciplines of the faith, he ain't, he needs to be at Jesus's feet as you need to be at Jesus's feet. We never really leave the feet of Christ. Like, amen. We give up. There's, it's a difference between sitting at his feet and like being filled and nourished and Jesus saying, amen, you're filled up. I got an assign assignment for you. Get up and go versus the Lord saying like, yo, you, you've chosen the right thing right now. Just, just be at my feet. Neither is wrong. Martha can be preparing for the whole house in the kitchen. Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet. There are seasons in life where Jesus will say, Mary has chosen the greater portion like she's doing what's more important because I'm not going to be with him with y'all for very long. Like she's she's taking the right decision by by spending time with me. And that is where I believe new believers should be. A new Christian should be at the feet of Jesus, like forsaking everything else and just being like, yo, amen. He's my king. He's my Lord. He's my everything. Like it's me and the Lord right here. At some point, God is so good. Like he... he <laughs> He deserves our undivided attention, but because he has a purpose and plan for humanity and you happen to be a part of that, he's given you purpose. He's given you an assignment. And so as you are sitting with him, as a loving father would, he'd be like, amen, you still got homework. Go do your homework and then come back, right? The same way a mature believer, you can be with me all day long on this mountain, Moses, but you got to go back down and give them these commandments. Amen. Moses is like, yo, I just want to be up here with you. I want to see your face. He's like, boy, you ain't ready. <laughs> you are not ready. I'm going to show you my back and then I'm going to cover you with my hand because even my back is holy. And after all that's done, then you can go down, like go ahead and go down and still handle business. And he did that. And the proof of him being in God's presence was that his face was shining so much. People were like, yo, my, my dude, like you've been in the presence. Cover your face up. I'm not saying he has to be a Moses. But what I am saying is he's got to be, have, he, he has to have sat in the at the feet of the Lord long enough for you to know like, amen. At least you and I are on the same page. You know what I'm saying? He has to. When is another question. When does he plan to commit to you? You talking about this man. You saying, oh, you know, like, I, I want to be with him. Should I wait for a seasoned man? Well, what is a seasoned man ready to do? Commit, right? If this man is not ready to commit, if this man is not ready to court you, if this man is not like, oh my gosh, like, I got a plan. I'm DTRing myself. 
baby, I want you to sit down. This is what I've been seeking the Lord for. This is my plan. This is what I hope to, to put together. Are you okay with this? Does this work for you? Like, do, what do you feel about this? What is the spirit of the Lord saying to you about this? If he doesn't have a plan in addition to the tenets, the discipline, understanding who God is, understanding covenant, understanding his own readiness, he's not, no, the Bible does not give you permission to court him. He needs to be at the feet of Jesus. Where? Proximity is absolutely vital for a new believer. Somebody who comes to the faith in Jesus Christ and then says, yeah, I did it, and then disappears and you never see them again. And all you do is, you know, every once in a while, you'll see a Facebook post or Instagram post or TikTok, <laughs> whatever. And, and they're like, oh, I love God. And you're like, oh, where's so-and-so been? Like, oh, yeah, like where you at you got to send a message like yo you popping up from you know the woodwork like where, where are you coming from oh yeah i've just been around okay like okay so how's your how's your walk with the lord been oh it's going well it's going good but nobody can vouch for that he can't be vetted nah mm -mm. if he's local i.e you know like i don't know you're able to share some sort of like meaningful time with him that's good if you're able to text him throughout you know when you're not seeing him that's okay too but that physical component is so important proximity the physical component meaning proximity in this case proximity is so important because if you don't have that there's no way for you to vet this man there's no way for others to be eyes and ears for you as we talked about before there's no way for that to happen so I would say like, yo, if, if this man is not around, he's not consistently around and he, he there's no space and time for him to be seen and to be known, which should be the goal of every believer. I cannot stress this enough, man. Like there's no such thing as an isolated Christian. It doesn't exist. And somebody who is or desires to be is dangerous. You want to talk about danger? That is a dangerous person. That is somebody who is unwilling to be held accountable. That's somebody who values self more than the the whole. They, they value being a member of the body and they and not being a part of the body. Like in the sense that, you know, okay, I'm, I'm an eye. So I, I have so much value, right? But an eye that's not connected to the head is can't see it's blind right oh I, i'm i'm a hand a hand that's not connected to the wrist not connected to the arm not connected to you know the the the, the, the arm socket elbow socket all that stuff is 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 dead so if if this man is not within proximity of a church a local church that you can vouch for you can vet you they got a a website they got a phone number they got people you can talk to that you can call them and be like do y'all know so and so and they're like oh yeah he's here every single week or he's doing this and he's blah 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 if you can't answer those questions he's not the move he's not ready the question again is do you have permission to court while he's growing he's not ready to be courted he's not ready to be in a courtship with you he's not and lastly why do you feel like you're willing to compromise on this now? That's the real question. I want to ask you that question. Why do you feel like you're willing to compromise on this now? Or why are you unwilling 
to give time for him to grow if you believe that he's the man that you're supposed to be with. You're only, you're asking this question. I'm not trying to come at you, sis, like, yo, <laughs> but I am going to talk to you like you're my sister. Because again, you have confessed relationship with Jesus Christ, but like, I'm going I'm to I'm come with that same energy. Okay. Like if you were unsaved and whatever, I, I try to be a little bit more gentle with you. And I'm not saying because you are my sister in Christ, I'm not going to give you gentle, but I got to be big sis right now. Right. Or I got to be an older woman in maturity speaking to, a, you know, a younger woman in maturity and saying like, hey, why do you feel like you're willing to compromise on this? Like, what is it that's making you unwilling or question giving time for him to actually grow and i'm asking that because by the way that you're asking this question it seems like you feel like this might be the man for you i'm using air quotes right now if you really really believe that he is the man for you the man that you want to court and the man that you're like oh my gosh i see so much potential in him why aren't you willing to just wait until you see some of these things in him before you actually commit to him? Because here's the reality. You could court him. If we're talking about permission, I can't give you permission. The Bible is not even going to give you permission. The Bible is going to give you principles for you to adhere to, for you to reflect on before you make decisions about your life. So if you see these principles about what a healthy, you know, partnership looks like, union looks like, and even before the union, what a healthy believer looks like, and you're willing to compromise the health of an independent and individual believer just so you can be with him. I mean, you got to ask the question of yourself, why do I feel like this is okay? And if that question the response or the answer to that question doesn't come from a place of because I just do what I, you know, I want what I want and I'm going to do what I want to do, which I don't believe is the answer for you at all. Then you, I would suggest you look on the other side of a potential response, which would probably be, I just really want to get married. <laughs> I really love this man's character there are things about him and just being in relationship with him for these past few weeks or months or however long y'all talked or dated or uh, you, the interest has been it's it's stirring up something in you it's awakened something in you and none of that is wrong or bad or evil or out of place out of order none of that that's just you expressing what uh, you know what a woman would express when she's connecting with somebody that she she vibes with like that's amazing the question is not whether or not y'all could get along because you can as a christian you could be friends you can 100 be friends but if that friendship is is given the attention of a relationship when you know that doing that could blur the lines of blur the lines for you to identify whether he is ready to be the man in your life ready to be a husband according to the word then that's when i would say absolutely step back absolutely do what you have done as miserable as it feels 
I would much rather you be miserable for a few weeks than to hold to this man and allow either of you, both of you, to try to make your way through something that could easily, easily go quicker if you are independent of each other and can, can give reason and can give rhyme, I guess, to, you know, the song that's being written in, in, in your, your relational, you know, story or whatever, like give that space. When we, when we yield to the way God designed for things to be, he moves so quickly He moves quickly. He moves swiftly. He will give you wisdom. He will provide your needs. He will affirm. Like there's so many things that will come after you say, God, hands off. I've relinquished this. I've released this. That's when God can come in and work. And, and, and then you can ask yourself real questions without the influence of this man in your life saying, but what's wrong? Like, we're good, you know, let's still spend time. Let's get together. Let's do this. Like, and you're just like, yeah, he's such a good guy. Like, I mean, at least he's a Christian. At least he's a Christian. At least he's a Christian. Yes, but let me tell you right now, if we want to talk about a seasoned man, there are two qualifications that I would give for a seasoned man. Two. And it sucks. Because they're the two that <laughs> that would be so easy, right? To kind of be like, eh. But number one, a seasoned man is a man who believes Jesus is Lord. You're like, good. He believes that. Here's number two and potentially number three, right? Number two, he's submitted to community and accountability. And his maturity in the Lord is progressive, If he is not submitted to community accountability and you don't have a way by which you can assess his progress in his maturing faith, it's not seasoned. He is not seasoned. And I'm not saying that people, uh, what did, when did I talk about this? Was this, was this last week's episode? I believe so. Yes. Uh, auto maturity. You don't get to marriage. You don't get to the altar and are automatically mature. Like marriage is not a reward for your maturity in Christ. I need that to be clear. It's not a reward. But you do need to have a level of maturity to be married, especially in a Christian marriage, one that's going to survive. There should be a, a level of maturity that's at least equal or balanced that gives room for growth, progression, evolving, and maturation in the in the marriage after I do. So I'm not saying that you you he, it's got to be maturity and that maturity is going to end and that neither you nor him are going to grow. You're both going to do that. That's going to it's going to happen. That's part of life. But I would much rather you start at an at a more equal footing than for you to be up and him lower and then you marry that way or you commit that way. And then for the rest of your life, there's, it, it, it doesn't happen. And yes, I'm sure you've heard testimonies of like, yeah, you know, he was a little bit weaker in his faith and then boom, 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 me, 
But again, I'm not talking about his lack of professing that Jesus is Lord, but I am talking about those other qualifications. What does he believe? Is he close enough for you to see that? Can you see the maturity? And if he's not, like that's something you gotta let go. Unless this man is willing and he's like, yo, I'll move to where you are or else I'll be intentional about spending more time there. I'll speak for myself. I'm in a courtship right now. I met this man and we were not friends beforehand, right? And I had, I told him, I was like, there's some things I require because I can't just date you and get to know you. I need to spend more time with you. I need to be around you. You know what I'm saying? And, and he made a decision to be like, yo, I'll start coming to your church. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't even give you an invitation, my dude. Like what, what, what? But that spoke to his intention. It spoke to him saying like, yo, okay, no, like I'm feeling you like for real. And I was like, okay, that's great. But like, it's all talk, it's all this. And I wasn't mean to him. I just know me. I know my values. I know what I'm not going to compromise on at all. And this was one of those things. Like my man's gotta be in proximity and, and or be in a committed environment you know, in a, in a community where he's accountable that I can vet. So if he had come to me and been like, oh yeah, this is the church I've been going to. I've been going there for however many years. And you know, this is like somebody that's in the church. You can pick up the phone and call them or whatever. My mentor, whoever, blah, blah, blah. I would have done that. Cause I'm a research. I'm a do recon. I'm a vet you. But before I could even get to that, he was like, oh bet. Like, I mean, you mind if I come to your church? And at that point, I had to have a real conversation, not just with myself, but like with my mentors, because my answer was immediately, absolutely not. Even though I desired this, I said no, because for me, my, my church community is sacred. Like you coming in there, you coming into my life, you're coming to get to know people that I know. Not that I have anything to hide, but I, I'm not too quick to open that invitation or give that invitation to every guy that I meet or every guy that I date, right? So the fact that he asked for that, I had to really, really pray about it. I told him, give me like a week to pray about that. <laughs> I did. And then I was like, oh, okay, you know what? And I landed on with the, with the encouragement of, of my, my mentor after I actually landed on it and then she confirmed it. I was like, you know, I was praying about it and the Lord was just like, do not withhold any good thing from anyone if you're in a position to give it. Like if he doesn't have a good community right now and he's like, well, shoot, your community sounds amazing. Your church sounds great. I'm just gonna come to your church. And you're like, no, even if I'm unsure of who he is in my life, the fact that he's sure about the type of life that he wants in his, in his walk with the Lord, I could not say no to that. And I just had to tell him point blank, like, bro, yeah, you can come, but just know that like you and I are just going to be still kind of figuring stuff out. You know what I'm saying? So like I had to be honest about the fact and real with the fact that he could have shown up. And if we didn't clarify like what we were doing, I obviously had to introduce him. You know, I had to be like, hey, this is, you know, the guy that I dated and we're getting to know each other and all that stuff. And so by by making that kind of introduction, you know, it, it made it clear like, OK, homeboys with Naomi like he came with Naomi so it's not like he could just walk in and then meet one of my sisters he could have but the, his reason for being there wasn't just because I saw him at the mall and I was like oh you should come to church no like 
<laughs> we'd gone on a couple dates before he decided to show up you know what i mean so all that to say if a man is willing and he's like yo i want to be in proximity i want to be seen i want to be known and he's growing in his faith then i think it's possible because at least you can be in a lateral under with a lateral understanding about where the relationship is going or parallel is what i'm looking for a parallel understanding about where the relationship is going you may not cross each other but at least you're on the same page going in the same direction right and then as you guys are you as you're getting to know him and he's growing in the lord growing in community growing in his in his in his knowledge of who god is and how to do that with people and y'all are still going in the same direction that that line is still parallel at some point if the lord is willing there might be an intersection there that's different i'm okay with that i would say amen but if this man is like mm, yeah you know i'm just kind of whatever he doesn't have his own community that you can vet is unwilling to be a part of yours or whatever doesn't want to be seen doesn't want to be known um, says he's too busy for it, you know, is not willing to make accommodations to do that or whatever, then yeah, I, I would say no. I would say release him, grieve. I've talked about grieving relationships before. DTR, the tether way, and my three C's is the episode I kind of walked into this. Like at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, you know, max 72 hours. You said you were you know, grieving for a few weeks and that that'd be miserable. And I get that. I get that. My other encouragement would be like, if you do release this person, try not to re-engage them. Like if they reach out to you and maybe they, they know of some of these um, parameters that you have or boundaries that you have or things that you're looking for and and the person that you're you're trying to date trying to court and they're like hey you know i know we talked about this and i wasn't quite there yet it's been six months but i just want to let you know like you're still on my mind i still feel like you're somebody i really want to be with and so you know i've made this change in my life like i feel like this is important and i've been growing in my relationship with god and i i finally found a church home and i'm committed there and you know it would love for you to come visit or for me to come to your church and visit or whatever and this is what i'm doing here and i I've been growing and you know and, and they they talk the talk right because they're walking the walk they're confident in in professing it because it's actually a part of who they are then i mean that's okay you can revisit it at that time but i would not encourage you sitting around and holding to this man i i won't mm -mm. i'll tell you to let it go i will tell you to let let it go and if, if you, I mean, that's just, that's where I stand with it. That's how I would respond. But if you, if you've already determined, like Naomi, I asked this question, but like, I've determined that this is the man that I am willing to wait for, even after my trusted counsel of people in my life have given me their assessment and everything, then honestly the choice is yours the choice is yours and like any other woman who accepts a man's invitation to be her man whether dating courting and and the man comes and gives his invitation and that woman accepts his invitation or any woman who accepts a man's proposal to be her husband 
you're the one who has to live the life that you've chosen with the man that you have chosen as he is today. If the man has given you an invitation to be your man, has given you a proposal to be your husband, and you say yes to that man, and you choose that man, you have essentially chosen the life that you want for yourself based upon who that man is today. And the truth is like what you make accommodations for right now, you are going to make accommodations for in the future. There's, you have to, unless by some miracle, the man like levels up in a tremendous way. And then y'all end up being on the same page, like you're parallel and you're going, going, going. And then amen, praise God. It can work. Do you want to gamble in that though? Do you want to try? Do you want to test it is the question. Um, that's, that's really the question, but like at the end of the day, like if you're open to other invitations and proposals, then now is the time to decide what you want, like really decide what you want, really decide what you're hoping for and really decide what you believe the Lord would have for you. You've, you've got, you got to make that decision. You've got to make the decision. I, I, have, I hope that in my response, you have received practicals for walking away, practicals uh, or releasing, not walking away. Again, you could be friends with this person, but be careful with the friendship. If it's not, if it's not local, if it's not within proximity, it can be dangerous in that you're holding on to something that you can't test, you can't vet, you can't prove because it's distanced. Right. But if, if it's local and there's there's a way for you to prove growth and progression and to maturity in Christ and all that, and you're willing to do that, by all means, hang in. If that's what you believe, if that's what you want, if he's the man that you choose, you choose. The choice is ultimately yours. God will not tell you who to marry. I will not tell you who to marry. People in your life will not tell you who to marry. It's ultimately your choice. So if you say like, nah, everybody, it is what it is. But like, this is my man. And, 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 you know, life and time proves that you were right. Girl, call me up. I will celebrate you 100%. But because you are in a place of uncertainty right now, I have to speak on both sides so that you are informed before you make a decision. So if you choose this man, you're choosing the life you want. If you don't choose this man and you're willing to release him, you're choosing to trust that God has your marriage in his hands, as you said, and you're also willing to, you're also willing to trust that if this man is the man for you, it, he will come right back around and you will also not be receiving any other invitations <laughs> that, that you will say yes to, right? There could be that. Um, and or if you release him and in the midst of releasing and grieving and letting go, another invitation comes your way that might be the one that that you've been waiting for all along you know so i hope that helps i hope that's been encouraging to you i pray i pray i pray that you are encouraged and um that the lord will make your path straight as you trust in him with all your heart and you lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge the Lord and he will make it clear. And just so that it's it's abundantly clear that I'm not knocking a new believer, I'm only speaking to 
giving the new believer space to fall in love with the greatest relationship that he or she will ever have. Like if you're a guy that happens to listen to this, like love that person enough to give them, to allow them the gift of the best relationship they can have with the Lord. And again, if we're going to put anything in order, it would be that that person's relationship with God is more important than their relationship with you. Your relationship with God is more important than your relationship with that person. And then, and only then, can both of you really decide if the relationship with each other is exactly what you want and what you need and what God is going to bless, you know? (sighs) Take it from me. (laughs) Just take it from me. And if you want to talk to me more, by all means, reach out. I'm I'm not ever going to be over, you know, overwhelmed or like annoyed with this conversation at all. Like I just want to be a support to you and to be a support to um you know, our sister who asked about how to date well. Like we just need each other. We need our village, we need our community. And it's so much better to put things out there and to inquire than it is to sit in silence and to make decisions that may not be well informed or to make decisions that you know that don't have all all the pieces in place we don't want that but i do want you to have a happy healthy whole and honorable marriage relationship that leads to marriage and so if you need help with doing that like your girl's got you like i will help you do that so I don't know. I'm kind of praying that I God opens doors for me to connect with some really amazing men, you know, and um, I ain't talking about being nobody's matchmaker. Ma- matchmaker. I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what I'm trying to do. I mean, if it happens organically, by all means, but if nothing else and more important, I want to help prepare my sisters to make the right choice, make good choices in their relationships and you know to choose their husbands well that's all their individual husbands not that you would have multiple husbands but I'm just saying <laughs> gotta clarify okay clarify 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 amen that brings us to the end of part three of Q and response there's so much more to come i'm going to take a break because it is time for me to now pick up my daughters and um you know want to spend some quality time with them eat a nice dinner with them relax get to bed and by god's amazing grace wake up tomorrow morning if he is willing and be able to fellowship with the saints in celebrating the season that we acknowledge his coming to earth to be the savior of the world because of love um all this is because of love God so loved the world, he so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in Jesus, whoever decides to be in relationship with Jesus, will not perish but have everlasting life and will be able to go to heaven for the grandest wedding ever between the church of Jesus Christ and the bridegroom who is Christ for all eternity. We're going to turn up. It's going to be amazing. Um, And until then, he desires to be a part of your decisions. 
He desires to be a part of your relationships. And my deepest prayer is that you will allow him to do so. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this process with you. Thank you for those two questions. I look forward to answering um, and responding to the rest that are still waiting. <laughs> Thank you. Please be patient. I'm so, so grateful. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk soon. Until next time.